Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend and the end of 2023, no less, which means we figure it is the perfect time to sit back, relax, and reflect on some of our favorite stuff that came out this year. We have already talked about the best books and cookbooks. Next week, we are talking about the best TV of the year. And today, we are unpacking this very medium, the podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to our expert for this one. We have Leah Simone Bowen, the host of Podcast Playlist from the CBC, a show that helps you find the best podcasts out there. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Also here is Nick Kwa, who's a podcast critic for Vulture. Nick, welcome back. Hello, hello. So before we dive into your actual list, I would love to know from each of you what you're looking for when it comes to a year-end best of list. Leah, what are your kind of criteria that you're working with? You know, I look at, did I want to keep listening? Mm. Because I, I listen to so many podcasts and I usually, especially when they're new to each year, I definitely listen to the first one. And then I kind of see, did it hook me enough to keep going? Um, and all the ones on my list hooked me enough. And I also, you know, podcasting is, is it's so huge now and there's so many to choose from. And I think that there is becoming a sameness in a lot of podcasts that I listen mm-hmm. to. So there's like a, some stylistic choices and maybe mm-hmm. subject matter choices. So to to make it onto my esteemed list, um, <laughs> I, I want something different. I want something that I maybe uh, haven't heard before in a or a story told in a way that I haven't heard before. I love that. Well, I think too that speaks to like to me. It's and I hate to use the word content, but I feel like any good piece of content, whether it's a book or a TV show or a podcast, that idea that it kind of like hooks its little talons in your brain. And so even when you're doing something else, you're like, oh, I wonder what's going on with that thing that I really liked listening to. It's like, that's a really good sign. Yeah, I agree. Nick, what about your esteemed list? Oh, my my esteemed list, which is (laughs) enshrined in a mountain uh, inside (laughs) of uh, Argentina. Um, oh, wow. I, I'm looking for uh, a little bit of honesty in the sense of, am I, do I really personally connect to it? Uh, <laughs> I think in the past, I've struggled uh, with constructing a list that I respect more than I actually like. Uh, mm. And this year, I feel like I'm a little bit, you know, freer. Um, and I'm also looking for a little bit of weirdness. Like, I, <laughs> I, uh, I like me some freak. I like me some weird. Um, <laughs> so that's something that I actively kind of thought about and was looking for. But when I'm, we're not going to talk about my full top 10, but like I was really trying to also go for uh, formalistic differences. So mm. looking to mix things up with some talk, some, uh, some random uh, an audiobook fiction, uh, which is something we'll talk about today. Um, so, just, you know, a little bit of everything, I think is my, my short answer to that. Awesome. So are you saying that your list this year is more about stuff you like than stuff you respect than it has been in the past? 
I'm pretty sure that folks are going to scratch their heads at least half of it. Um, and, you know, it's sort of me staring at the mirror going, listen, if I get hit by a truck tomorrow, I'm going to be proud of this, this list. <laughs> I love Stark honesty. I love yeah. this. Well, it's also bringing in like the existential crisis that I just count on coming from you, Nick. So I'm thrilled to hear it. Wonderful. Love to serve. But you know what? I, I will say that recommending podcasts and picking a list like this is a bit like when someone's coming over to your house and you start, you know, removing books from your bookcase yes, where you're like, yes, I don't yes. want anyone to see that I've oh read, read that and the, the cover is cracked and I've read it over and over again. And, and I think, you know, I, I love that, Nick, we're going to be free with this and just leave all our old Archie comics like out in the open for, for the world to see. Listen, this is, this is why God created Kindle to hide, to hide your true selves. <laughs> No. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this is extremely a safe space for all the weirdness. So I'm very excited to have both of you. Um, Leah, let's start with you. Um, and I would love to start with the redemption of Jar Jar Binks, actually, because as I was just telling Nick before we started taping, my boyfriend and I finally watched Andor, largely on Nick's recommendation from probably like exactly 365 days ago. <laughs> But that means then after that, we started watching the, sh the Star Wars series like in timeline order, which means I actually very recently watched the Star Wars prequels, which is largely what this show is about, right? Okay. Yeah, it is. And full disclosure for people, I, I'm i not a huge Star Wars fan. Mm. Um, and I, I actually had never seen the Jar Jar Binks one. Like I, I, I knew of him. I know of him, How can but I was not? not familiar with I, it's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but this was such a good podcast and it was so fascinating. Um, it's really a meditation on the internet through this story, through this first internet hate campaign. Um, that was the vitriol for Jar Jar Binks and by extension, the actor who plays him, Ahmed Best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's from Dylan Marin, who, if listeners don't know, he created conversations with people who hate me. And he's really perfected this discourse around how we interact with each other uh, when we can be anonymous and what happens when, you know, the curtain is pulled back. There's so many pieces to the story that will... I think really break people's hearts. It, it, they definitely did. I cried during this this podcast because Ahmed Best, you know, he describes being so young and so eager and what a mm. huge role to get, you know, um, and how he thought it would change his life for the better and how it absolutely destroyed him for so many years. I'm very conscious about who I am as a black man in this country very conscious of my history, very conscious of my very, you know, Afrocentric black parents, my mom teaching African percussion, my father getting a job where he got a job because he's a black man mm. and brought that excellence to his job, right? Mm -hmm. But when my neighborhood in Brooklyn started repeating the Uncle Tom sellout racial epithets, when that got to me, that's what broke me. Yeah. That was the hardest part about all of this. Because all I've ever wanted to do was be black and excellent in this country. At the same time, there are parts of it that are just so fascinating and make you laugh. You know, you kind of learn through it. And this doesn't give 
anything away, I don't think, but you learn through it that, you know, this hatred for Jar Jar grew not through any social media because there wasn't any or even really chat rooms because people weren't using them as much in, I don't know, this is like 1999, I think. But Mm -hmm. really people would make specific websites like they would go they'd have to go to the trouble That's and like bio do- mm. domain name and like do www.ihatejarjar.com <laughs> and that it slowly grew like that and yeah. um it, it's fascinating because even though we've changed so much in the speed that we can hate online the mm. uh, the way that we do it is the same and and dylan definitely shows us that pattern but it is it's it's about jar jar and it is about star wars and it's about so much more as well so mm-hmm. two thumbs up for me are we doing Very thumbs cool. okay I'm if doing you want to do two thumbs, thumbs up. do thumbs thumbs are cool two thumbs up yeah i mean leah i think it's probably got to be testament to how good the show is that you aren't even a star wars person and you still found it to be an interesting story that dylan ends up telling so much so i mean it's a story from you know from a while ago so Obviously, knowing what happened to the actor and how he, his trajectory and how his life changed so much was just, um, yeah, it's so good. I really, really recommend it. That's awesome. Okay, so Nick, what should we start with from you? My first pick here is The Retrievals, mm-hmm. uh, which is from Zero Productions. Uh, it's hosted and led by Susan Burton, who's a longtime uh, writer and producer at This American Life. Um, and it is... It tells the story, it's an investigation of something that happened in New Haven, Connecticut a couple years ago, in which uh, there's a fertility clinic associated with Yale University, and a nurse uh, at this uh, facility had been found to be uh, swapping out uh, fentanyl, uh, or just painkillers in general, with saline. So thereby thereby, like depriving uh, the patients, uh, who primarily are women going in for egg retrieval procedures, from being, you know, shielded from the pain of that procedure. And, you know, it gets into a number of things. It gets into the sort of system and culture of the institution that just completely did not believe uh, the patients when they expressed that they were feeling very grotesque, sharp pain. Um, And it it touches, it goes, it extends even further to kind of grapple with some really complicated questions about um, sort of how we think about motherhood as a culture and how we kind of value motherhood in opposition to uh, women's autonomy and health sometimes to show weaves together the women as a Greek chorus almost. She said that that's the maximum that she's allowed to give me, so she couldn't give me anything else. I'm almost certain that at one point they said that they had given me all of the pain medication that they could give me. At one point they did say that I had maxed out. I couldn't have any more fentanyl or Versat. And I was like, how is this possible? How is that even, like, how am I feeling this? How do people go through this? I can feel that. Like, I could feel the, I don't even know how to describe that. Like, you can just feel them inside of there. You know, as a woman, we've all been through things, you know, with those kind of doctors and stuff. But, like, this is just a pain. It's, like, hard to even explain. It's a very, very difficult show. There are versions of this story that could be told by endless other podcast teams that would just focus on like the luridity of the case because it's a, it is an extremely alarming lurid case. Right. Um, but there's something in which Burton does here and her team to kind of have a softer touch to just sit with the emotion and just to sit with the like the complexity of what exactly we're dealing with here outside and beyond. Like if we, if we take this as a case study of something that we're pretty sure happens, that we have a strong feeling that happens in many other places, like what does that actually mean? Um, the show does leave a tremendous amount of emotional space for you to breathe in that, in that zone. 
That sounds really incredible. Okay, so Leah, I think maybe next we should talk about the eighth season of Slow Burn. What do you think? Okay, great. Yes, let's talk about it. Okay, so we have a clip from the first episode. Uh, The season, of course, is called Becoming Justice Thomas, and it's hosted by Joel Anderson. In 1981, I was introduced to now Judge Thomas by a mutual friend, and he asked if I would be interested in working with him. What happened next and telling the world about it are the two most difficult experiences of my life. I remember watching those hearings in 1991 when I was 13 years old. I didn't really understand what I was seeing, and I didn't know much about Clarence Thomas or where he came from, but I knew enough to recognize that parts of his biography felt familiar. Both of us grew up in the South and went to Catholic schools. Both of us felt drawn to the fiery rhetoric of Black nationalism. And both of us had white folks tell us that we were affirmative action cases, that we didn't belong, that we hadn't earned our place. But at some point, the two of us started to see the world very differently. And I've always wanted to figure out why. This sounds fascinating and in some ways is another, I mean, in many ways is another kind of reflection on like now that we've had 20 or 30 years to think about it, let's, let's dig in. Yes. And I will say, you know, off the top, um, I was not planning to listen to a podcast about Clarence (laughs) Thomas because truthfully I'm Canadian and, um, the American political system, although at times very fascinating, sure. it doesn't have the hold uh, for me that maybe it would on an American. Um, I that's a parliamentary <laughs> privilege. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, this was another one that I, I just couldn't stop listening to. They describe it as tracing uh, Justice Thomas's path from youthful radical to conservative icon. And... It, it is that, but it's also this really compelling story of what power and racism can do to one's mind. Mm-hmm. That's really as I, that was my takeaway and how uh, those choices have ultimately impacted, you know, the in- entire country for so long. It's a, it's a fantastic season. And boy, you know, it's what a wild year for, for Clarence Thomas between uh, all yeah. the sort of scandals and revelations we've had about him, but also yeah. in just sort of this moment where we're like really asking a lot of questions about Supreme Court um, as a part of the larger uh, quote-unquote legitimate institutions. Um, And it's sort of like (laughs) the the complexity of where we are in a history. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, Leah, you used the word power, you know, the Supreme Court, like, and especially over the past year, learning about, you know, where especially Clarence Thomas, but all sorts of Supreme Court justices are being given these amazing trips and all kinds of stuff. It's like, oh yeah, we don't, we're, we don't check that at all, do we? Yeah, it was, for me, it was, a uh, you know, the meme of like how it, how it started and how it's going, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> just like the before and after. And again, hearing his name and of course, knowing, knowing a lot of his story towards the end now, because I see it in the news, but not, mm. not fully getting the, this entire picture of this, this person whose morality um, at times seems that it's lessening over time as, as his power um, has in- increased. There's such a tension, yeah. right? Cause he's like one of the most visible 
like Supreme Court justices, and mm-hmm. and we really like really don't know very much about him. I think it's something that the season really brings out that um, that there's a certain you know blankness blankness in our understanding of what he actually thinks, mm, um, yes. and that's terrifying. That's really really terrifying. <laughs> yes, that's fascinating. Yes. Okay, so Nick, let's talk next about if books could kill. Let's get a sense of what it sounds like first. These are the hosts, Michael Hobbs and Peter Shamshiri. Peter, do you know anything about the 48 Laws of Power? I've heard of the book, but I don't really know anything about it. My (laughs) high-level memory of this is that this is like lessons that this author learned from like observing powerful people about how to acquire power or something like that. Is I that think right? you're basing that on the title. I think you know the title and you're extrapolating. That <laughs> is possible. You're like, I think there's 48. How many, how many are there? <laughs> Early in this podcast, I used to at least look up the Wikipedia of the books you were doing. <laughs> and then I was like, no, you have to be fresh. This is my whole thing, Peter. <laughs> and now you do nothing. <laughs> and now I do nothing. And now I do nothing. And this is what you get. <laughs> what a delightful hang. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so if books could kill, it's part of the what many have started calling the Michael Hobbs Connected Podcast Universe. Yes. Uh, Michael Hobbs, formerly the co-host of You're Wrong About with Sarah Marshall, and he's currently still the co-host of Meet and Face with Aubrey Gordon, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. um, and this is sort of his third or second project, however you want to look at it. Uh, and the entire, like, you know, there's an enterprise to what Michael Hobbs is doing with his various uh, collaborators, which is to essentially take a scalpel and attack uh, a bunch of, like, preconceived notions that is harmful in society. With If Books Could Kill, the target is this sort of, like, economy and industry of, um, you know, broadly speaking, to call it, like, airport books. So, <laughs> the, like, uh, you know, part, laws of attraction, uh, you know... Uh, Mark Mance's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, an F, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of book. The <laughs> the kinds of books that, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Greta, but like that I think in my head subconsciously kind of go like, these are all just probably nonsense books that like yeah. is you're one You're not dude. a serious person <laughs> if you're reading that book. Exactly right. And like, you kind of probably can glean what the whole book's about from just the title. Uh, which yeah, is right. Peter <laughs> came very close to, to doing in that situation. Um, I, I'm fascinated by this book this podcast as like as a intellectual enterprise, which is essentially to like wake you up a little bit to how nonsensical and how like, and frankly harmful, a lot of the existing kind of information power structures there are. So like mm. the majority of books or a good chunk of books that you'll see on the nonfiction bestseller list, the kinds that introduce certain ideas into people's, into just a casual lexicon and, and casual thinking, the, the rough shot nature of the of the production of ideas here that mm. is so salient, it's 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 important to have a check. And it's it, the check doesn't seem to be coming from any of the sort of mainstream institutions that we would want these checks to come from, which is like the book reviewers of the New York Times or something like that. And in right. fact, the New York Times often is a very vibrant target for Peter and Michael here. And um, it's it's yeah it's a it's a it's a wonderful uh, little podcast institution we have a little here uh, of these two uh, budding um, public intellectuals taking a knife and attacking other public intellectuals and you know I thank them all the more for it. <laughs> I I do uh, listen to a lot of Michael Hobbs in in all his iterations and I do think you know this. This one in particular makes such a great case of how editors, you know, we need more editors, we need more book editors, Mm -hmm. we need more fact checkers, um, because they just do such a tremendous job of these deep dive, deep research, um, statistical presentations, which I just made it sound like the most boring podcast you could ever (laughs) listen to. But it's actually it's actually really, really great. And it does 
it does. Um, well, it helps me save money in the airport. Definitely. <laughs> now I just go for the the People magazine because yeah, there you go. You know yeah, that's, what, that's, that's the real stuff. Anyway. That's the good stuff. Yeah, you know, right. The junk food that and Chex Mix are good to go. Right. Don't tell me it's healthy. I know what I'm buying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I don't know. That one's interesting too, because it just makes me think of the number like of examples in society today that just really exemplifies the fact that we all need better media literacy training than we are getting in our lives. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we will get to more podcast picks. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, so let's kind of flip the script a little bit, Leah, and talk about Everything is Alive presents The Animals. This is extremely charming. Of course, this is from Ian Chillog. And we've got a clip of this one, too. Um... And I love it so much. This is from an episode featuring comedian Maeve Higgins, who's a friend of Nerdette. And the episode is called Deirdre Jellyfish. Can you, um, you know, for anyone listening, can you describe what you look like? Yeah, I suppose, you know, I'm about the size of a grown man's hand. Okay. Um, I am pretty. I mean, this is like funny to describe yourself, but I think I'm pretty. Yeah. You know, because I yeah. have these cool, like a lot of people are like, oh, you've got hair. Your tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful princess hair. That's kind of see-through. I it's very that- unusual. Diaphanous. Oh, there goes an angel, people might think. <laughs> but I say, no, I'm just just a pretty jellyfish that fits in a man's hand. I love this so much. Tell us about it. I love I love this show so much. I would describe it as enchanting. Oh. Um, it was recommended to me a long time ago uh, when it was just inanimate objects. Right. Um, so they've done several, several seasons. And essentially several, it's several. an improviser and host Ian Chillag. And they have this conversation where the improviser really takes on the embodiment of the thing that they're supposed to be uh, like a stool or uh, like a Coke can. And now in this season, they're doing animals. And it's just, I mean, so many of these episodes make me laugh, but they also make me cry. Um, They make Hmm. me look at the the world a different way. Um, they make me think about the things that I buy, actually. And the the animals season, um, there's an episode uh, with Vinnie Thomas, who's a comedian um, who I follow um, and I love, uh, called Harry the Flamingo. And it's also <laughs> just so dear and hilarious, but Harry's born in a zoo, so he has some struggles. And <laughs> Um, You know, they say on this podcast that the factual details that uh, the improvisers give about the thing or the animal is true. Mm -hmm. And so it just 
it, it feels like a fictional podcast and it feels like fictional stories, but there's truth in it. And I just, yeah, it's weird and great. And it's like nothing you've ever heard. It's really fun. I mean, I partly think even just in that little clip, you get the sense that Ian is really playing the like kind of straight, um, yes. you know, public radio host. <laughs> But then to like have such a wild conceit around that is just so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, I listen uh, to a lot of news podcasts and I listen to a lot of um, really hard stories like we all do. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, podcasts is about crime and it's about um, these things that are happening in society that just um, are terrible, but we should know about. And this this one just it's kind of about nothing. And that's why it's wonderful. You can really escape. You can really escape through this one. Ugh, that sounds great. Um, so Nick, I have a sense that your third selection is is kind of an escape too. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, well, sort of. I mean, it's 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 crime. <laughs> no, so the uh, yes, it, it is very much an escape. Uh, it's murder on Sex Island, which gets my 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 record my title this year for the the best title. Uh, in 2023. It is um, such a good title. It's incredible. And it tells you exactly what you want. Exactly what you want to know. Oh my God. Okay, wait. So let's listen to how the show opens oh, and then go you for can it. tell us go about it. Is that cool? Okay. Like my forefathers, Gene Simmons and Christina Aguilera, my life began in Staten Island, the borough of New York most known for its landfills. The first 25 years of my life were going somewhat according to plan. I was an underpaid social worker, I got married to a man I knew from high school, and to top it all off, I was dead inside. What can I say? It's a Staten Island way. When most grown people get bored, they cheat on their spouses. They start buying lottery tickets, they develop a drug habit. Not me, though, no sir. When I need to fill a gaping void in an otherwise predictable, monotonous life, I like to think outside the box. So I made up an alter ego named Luella Van Horn, who solves crimes. Is that the worst thing in the world? I think escape seems like an apt description of that show. Uh, to ask her a question, no, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll describe this in two tracks. I'll describe what it is, and I'll describe what it's about. So what it is, it is a, essentially a murder mystery uh, novel uh, written by Joe Firestone, who is a wonderful writer, comedian, uh, and podcaster. Uh, she was sort of, you know, she would describe herself as being in between jobs when she took a bunch of murder mystery writing classes and and worked on this little project. Um, she thought about self-publishing this as a book, but decided to put it out as a free podcast to advertise um, selling the self-published book, but um, has since uh, found that people are listening to the podcast instead, instead of buying the self-published book. So <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast, buy the book. What it's about is it follows the um, the narrative that you heard. It's uh, the social worker who uh, moonlights as a private eye named Luella Van Horn, uh, who is a huge fan of this reality dating show called Sex Island. Um, and she has been conscripted by the producer to investigate uh, a murder on the uh, on the set um, that's being kept from the public uh, because they need the season to keep going. So Luella has to solve the murder while going on the show um, in order <laughs> you know, to, to sort of help uh, sustain the charade. Um, and, you know, it's it's a really whip-smart, extremely funny uh, show. It's it's kind of a classic, like, a story being told from one person to another. Um, you know, it's it's Joe mm. just narrating the audiobook with with a lot of verve and, and nice little touches on the production. 
Um, and it's, it's such a good time. There, nothing, very few things have made me smile as much listening to the entirety of this podcast slash audiobook. And um, personally, as a, as a huge fan of reality television and the reality dating genre specifically, boy, was I waiting for something like this because Joe Fireson loves that genre too. And it really, really shows. <laughs> this sounds like such a treat. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's cotton candy that's sprinkled with... Um, I don't know. More cotton candy. It is, it's delicious. <laughs> Delightful. Okay. So those were the three I asked you to choose. I also asked you to show up with an honorable mention. Leah, you picked Bloodlines. Tell us about it. It's um, by the BBC and CBC podcast. And uh, journalist Poonam Tanasia really takes us through this search for this three-year-old Salman, uh, who is the grandchild of a British citizen and who went missing, they think, in Syria. I've kitted up like this before, but this trip, it's going to be different. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Casey. Nice, have a safe trip and uh, any issues, give us a call. Yeah, thank you. Okay, see you then. See you later. Along with my flat jacket, my helmet, my recorder and notebooks and maps, I'm also carrying an envelope with photos of a little boy no one has heard from in nearly five years. And it really looks at these children who are the children of British, American and Canadians who went to fight for ISIS voluntarily and are now in this middle place being born into detention camps Mm -hmm. and just being scattered um, all over uh, the country because of, of the war. It's a story that I didn't know really much about and Mm -hmm. I learned so much listening to this show Um, and you know Poonam Tanasia the reporting and the risk that she and her team take to get this story is incredible I don't want to give too much away but um, the places that they end up and and um, the places that they go it's just a really astonishing podcast and I really couldn't I couldn't stop listening I needed to get to the end. Wow, it sounds phenomenal. It also sounds super intense. It is really intense. And I would say, you know, uh, it's like like Jar Jar, for instance, I think I listened to in two days. This one I listened to probably one or two per week. You know, I had to kind of mm. think about it and then get back in. But I kept wanting to go back because I wanted to know what happened. And um, I think... Uh, I really hope more people will listen to it and and take stock of what is um, what is happening to these children, because it's it's really, really powerful. It's a great recommendation, and I'm glad to hear you mention it for sure. Thank you. Um, Okay, so Nick, your honorable mention ghost story is from Wondery and Pineapple Street Media. And this trailer is wild. Um, let's listen how it opens with host Tristan Redmond. Have you ever seriously pissed off your in-laws? A few years ago, I started investigating my wife's family history, specifically whether my wife's great-grandfather actually committed a perfect crime. And my in-laws, well, they're not exactly thrilled about it. 
If you come out with a piece that says he was a murderer, then I will be sorry that we ever said we would contribute. So why am I doing this? Well, the woman who was murdered, she was my wife's great-grandmother. And I think she might be haunting the house I grew up in. Like what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on in there. Uh, I, I just want to cite where I said I, I was. I thought very hard about what I wanted to put give for my honorable mention, and I, I thought about giving my number ten slot in my uh, in my best podcast list, which is the Scandoval Podcast Industrial Complex. Mm, but this mm-hmm. this felt better. Uh, this felt a lot, uh, a lot more tangible. Um, so, Ghost Story is. I've taken to describing it as a conceptual turducken. It's a <laughs> it's a secret family history that's stuffed into a murder mystery that's stuffed into a digital ghost story. Um, and uh, it's also like about a series of coincidences. So the journalist, as you've heard there, his name is Tristan Rentman. He's a he's he's a skeptical British type person. Um, <laughs> he uh, quite literally grew up in a house where he, uh, you know, he had a feeling that there was like stuff going on in it, paranormally speaking. Um, <laughs> and what he would eventually learn is that the, the house right next to his when he was growing up um, was the place where his wife's grandmother was murder, murdered. And obviously he didn't meet his, his wife until like much later from, from being so a child in the house next door. Exactly. Crazy. So the hook is the hook's in crazy. The hook's insane. His wife, by the way, happens to be the sister of Hugh Dancy, who <laughs> was starred in uh, Hannibal and uh, Downton Abbey. So there's a lot going on there. Um, wow. <laughs> it's just a fun rabbit hole. Like even describing it to you of like, I could give you 40 more directions. Like that's a seance at some point. There's, there's wow. spies. It's, it's, uh, it's a weird rabbit hole kind of onion layer of a story um and it's so charming it, it ends so well actually that you know it's it kind of does pay off on its premise in a, in a very mm. unexpected way um and it's also just like you know the more you kind of sit and think about what they end up actually grappling with which, which is the notion of like what a family is and how a family is sort of like bonded together by a certain lore and mythology it's actually quite beautiful um and boy it came out too late in the year for it to make my list but I'm glad I get to talk about it here. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to provide it. I mean, it is interesting to think about how with so many different stories, the the premise is one thing, but to get the payoff of like, ha- to have it feel fully executed and actualized by the end are, are two very different things. So that does sound like really high praise. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's kind of the, one could say it's like the sort of fundamental, like, I don't know. The risk of podcasting or, or it's sort of original sin or whatever, mm. not actually paying off its premise <laughs> when it comes mm. to narrative podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say that it's a hundred percent like, oh, you're, you're going to find a ghost. You know, there's, I, it's not, I'm not going to spoil what happens there, Okay, but there's an idea here Fair. and the idea gets like harvested really, really well. Interesting. I'm really intrigued by that. I can't wait to listen. Anything described as a conceptual turducken right? is, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. It's probably after we get off this interview. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So I feel like I can't let you two go without uh, looking ahead to 2024 as well. Now, nobody has a crystal ball here, but is there anything at least that you're particularly excited about, Nick, that's on your radar in terms of stuff that's coming out next year? Uh, well, so we are in a, you know, just a sort of, TLDR is it's been a remarkably difficult year for the podcast business. For sure. uh, there's been a for ton sure. of layoffs. There's been a ton of retrenchment. A lot of it has to do with, you know, rising interest rates and uh, speculative investment that has defined the space for the past couple of years. Yeah, um, the bubble I has ha- burst. You could the bubble has argue. burst. Um, and it's, you know, it's true as true in podcasting as it is in, in many other industries, including streaming, I should, I should add. Yeah. But I have been hearing quite a bit of rumbles of just like the, the, 
the extent to which the independent scene is feels a little bit rejuvenated, like that they mm. that we're seeing new forms of corporate ownership in terms of in terms of like podcast publishers. Mm. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that like, listen, it's been a tough year of podcasting, but we've had a ton of good shows. And it will continue mm. to be a tough year, like going into the midpoint of 2024 at least. But um, I'm hearing a couple of rumbles of really fun projects that are, that are in the pipeline that like, you know, as long as good stuff is being made, we'll, you know, as a community, we'll find our way through this. For sure. Well, I think it's nice too to hear you use the word fun because I do think we could all use more of it in general. Absolutely. It's an election year next year. Uh, we need fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding us, Nick. I appreciate that. Leah, you're not in America. What are you looking forward to next year? <laughs> well, you know, I I agree with Nick that it, it, it is a hard time right now. But mm. the 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 great thing about podcasting is, you know, it started off fairly as an independent creator's journey, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Before it it swelled to what it is now and now seems to be changing again. So I'm always positive about hearing, you know, what indie companies and, and uh, indie creators uh, have ahead. And I think it's just going to be more of these, you know, standout weird shows that we've been talking about. Like I love the weird things mm. and um, yeah, I, I feel, I feel cautiously optimistic. I love that. I mean, here's to a fun, weird 2024. That sounds great. (laughs) We love it. We love it. Well, Nick, Leah, thank you both very much for coming on. This was such a treat. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. This list would not be complete without favorites from you, our listeners. So here are some of the shows that stuck with you this year. Hi, Nerdette. This is Janelle from Utah. And my favorite new podcast of 2023 is The Case of the Greater Gatsby. It is a comedy noir where two private investigators, Ford Phillips and Fig Weinshine, are investigating the murder of F. Scott Fitzgerald. And it is delightful. It is so fun. It's got everything you might want, you know, mystery, murder, a femme fatale, references to 90s songs, cookies. It's great. Check it out. This year, I became obsessed with the Extra Credits podcast. It is a podcast hosted by two teachers who are married and they talk about movies. And the framing of their conversations are always around what is meaningful behind movies, what are the themes, um, what social analysis is happening. They're some of the most socially conscious podcasters out there and I just think that their conversations are deeply nuanced um, and caring and compassionate in a way that many don't make the time for. Hey there, Greta and crew at Nerdette. This is Nick in Canton, Massachusetts, and my pick for the top podcast of 2023 has to be Vibe Check with Sam Sanders, uh, Saeed Jones, and Zach Stafford. It's just fantastic. Week after week, they have pithy conversations, wonderful takes. Um, they just love each other so much, and it comes across in so many ways. And I've just gotten a lot of great uh, ideas, inspiration, and uh, other things from them uh, this year. And I really appreciate them and you guys as well. So keep doing what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, have a lovely new year. that's it for this week thank you as always for listening along and of course a very extra special thanks to janelle elizabeth and nick for chiming in about their favorite shows 
We would also love to hear from you. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last couple of months in our newsletter, we have this section called Delightful AF. And it's pretty much just a picture of something that a Nerd Out listener finds delightful. And we would love your submissions as well. There are a couple different ways you can send us photos. You could post them on Instagram and tag us at Nerdat Podcast. You could email us at nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could go over to our Facebook group, which I have to say is one of my favorite corners of the internet. The Facebook group URL is facebook.com slash groups slash HQ. It is a private group, so you have to ask to be admitted. Don't worry, I will admit you. And then we've got a thread going there where you can post a photo of something you find delightful. Nerdette is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago. We are also part of the NPR Network. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak, and the webpage for this episode was produced by Courtney Keppers. It is gorgeous. You should check it out. All right, that's it for this week. We will see you next Friday with our favorite TV shows of the year. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.